Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to another episode of Boozed and Confused. Boozed and Confused. I'm Carol Ann. This filmed in front of a studio audience. Of our cats. I'm Matt. And um, we intentionally skipped a week last week, kind of given everything that's going on. Um, I really don't have words to talk about what's going on. I didn't really want to do like a complete topic on what's going on right now um but also still wanted it to be relevant um yeah i mean i i don't know it's it's so fucked up it's so fucked up i feel so bad for ukrainians i feel so bad for the people in russia who are going to be affected by everything who probably have no idea what's fully going on um because i think now all they're getting is state media um, I don't have words. I don't have words. Yeah, my therapist said I probably shouldn't look at the news too much. Yeah, you probably so, shouldn't. <laughs> so, uh, it was the only thing I I could actually like do research on and chose chose not to. So we didn't. Yeah, and I think a lot of you guys are probably like us, and you might need a little bit of a break from constant news updates about um the war that's happening right now. So. Uh, we do have a topic that's that's somewhat related, still very interesting, kind of a mind fuck, but it's a little bit of a break of war updates. Um, and also just a reminder, it's totally okay to not read updates every hour or more than like a couple times a day. It's not great for your mental health. Yeah. So take yeah. some breaks, take a walk, drink some water. Have a beer. Um, Yeah, I, I don't even know. It's been a... It's been a super fucking shitty week. Um, I don't really have a ton of words. So I think we just needed to take a week to allow, I don't know, space for what was really important. Um, and and we're back. So. Yeah, we're not that lady who wishes that she was Putin's mother. Oh, my fucking God. Oh. Oh, that video was. Dear. Vladimir Putin, I'm sorry <laughs> I could not be your mother. You would have been so loved. How self-absorbed you have wow. to be to be like, how can I turn this war in Europe about me? The war's <laughs> over. We solved it. God. Wow. I yeah. So um, yeah. Let's let's do the housekeeping and then we'll get into today's topic. So um, the first one is if you are on social media and you want to follow us or interact with us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Um, I'm not even sure if our YouTube stuff is still uploading. I have to check that. Um, but you can always send us a DM. If you uh, don't want to use social media, totally understand. You can send us an email at boostandconfusedpodcast at gmail.com. I always appreciate um, the notes that y'all send. It's really really nice. So the next one, if you like the pod and you want to support us, the best way that you can do that is by leaving us a review and subscribing or following wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you leave a review and you take a screenshot and you send it to us, we will uh, send you some boost and confuse stickers for free in the mail. We're going to get through this next batch and then I don't know what's going to happen, but we're sending them out. We're going to do a rebrand. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll see. I've been thinking about it for, I don't know, six months now. So it's fine. This is normal. Um, And the last one, what are we drinking? We are drinking the same can of beer. Because yeah, because I just want a couple sips. Because we, we have no more beer. Uh, this is a uh, Vienna Amber Lager called Hamo Molly, and it's from a distillery uh, no a, a brewery, brewery called lena yeah. it is it is somewhere between here and galena in a town called lena illinois sounds great 
this is a pretty good beer. Um, it's like very like Germany, uh, German tasting. Doesn't taste like Germany, um, which makes sense because the town is was like founded by Germans, founded by Germans, and they and brought pretzels over. Their high school mascot is a pretzel. Yeah. So this is not my favorite beer ever, um, but oh my gosh, I bought a beer. It was like a chocolate strawberry beer. It was so. It was actually really good. So good. Usually not a fan of the darker beers. That one was super good to me. Yeah, it was. Oh, that. I wish we had some of those. These are good, but those, that was special. So Lena Brewing, Brewing, Brewing uh, from Lena, Illinois. It's beer. This one's for you. Um. All right. I think we should probably just get into it. I uh, will preface all of this with. Uh, this is a really in-depth, like people have written books about this topic and this is a really in-depth uh, conversation um, that someone else probably has. That's not what you're going to find here. This is like high-level overview, spark notes uh, to give you the guidance to go look at shit on Wikipedia and down the rabbit hole yourselves. Yeah. Um, hearing that there's books about this really upsets me because I thought this was all just coming to light. No, no. So I feel this like has an been idiot. known. For I a feel while. like a dumb, a dumb. You're you're not a dumb. So what are we talking about? Um. So you've probably seen a lot of news headlines recently talking about countries who are trying to like seize assets of Russian oligarchs because of what's happening in Ukraine. Can I pause you on that? Sure. What the hell is an oligarch? We're gonna get into that. Oh, I was. Also, that was like a leading teacher question. I had the answer already. But we oh, can... yeah. You totally. Uh, I yeah. have a definition of. Uh-huh. No, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah. Great. You, you okay. Do you. Yeah. Thank you. So um, Italy, Germany and the U.S. are like a few of the countries that have been very vocal about it. Um, I was just joking earlier that it seems like a lot of countries are getting into a who can seize more shit from the oligarchs uh, competition. And I, I want to say I feel like Italy is winning, but good for them yeah (laughs) so um while some of these assets might seem pretty obvious like yachts which is a pretty luxurious item or jets um or especially art which is a whole other thing that i uncovered while i was doing this research and it's like a completely different episode that we could do um and it's like art and money laundering going hand in hand who knew apparently not me (laughs) um there's something else that's under the surface that's been happening for decades that's getting some new light shown on it shined on it they're putting the spotlight on it (laughs) they're lighting it up current present tense does not matter and uh nfts it's not nfts Uh, space race it's not a space race we're not going to mars uh we're going into the earth Oh, there's, isn't there a movie where they like try to drill to the core of the earth? Journey to the center of the earth. Yeah, I don't think I've ever the seen it. kind of gives it all away. Sounds stupid. Um, so. I think The, I think the Rock's in it. <laughs> I love Dwayne. Um, it's housing and real estate. It's free real estate. <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of crazy. So all over the world, from like Canada to the US to Europe, uh, Russian oligarchs have been laundering their money into real estate. So before we get any further, I want to give some context around who these Russian oligarchs are. Because to be honest, I feel like Russian oligarchs has become like such a fucking buzzword. A buzzword. Um, Can I try and without having looked it up at all? Without having the exact notes in front of you? Sure. Oh, I'm looking at memes right now. Yeah, great. Thanks for paying attention in class today. Should I show you no, the screen? No, you should not show, show me the screen. screen. Showing her the screen. Yeah, okay, thank I'm you. I'm just kidding, but I'm not looking at the notes. Yeah. Uh, super rich guys. That's it? That's the definition? That's my answer. That is actually correct. Uh, good for you. Gold star. Ding. Um, so at a high level, oligarchs are just like business. Well, I would say Russian oligarchs specifically are business oligarchs of the former USSR who made a shitload of money, uh, during privatization after the USSR was dissolved in the nineties. They made money because the Soviet Union collapsed. Yeah. So pretty much when the Soviet state 
dissolved. There were like a lot of state assets that were contested for ownership. And so like the good business people that they are, uh, there were just like a ton of informal deals that were made with former state officials uh, so that the business oligarchs could acquire the state property. <laughs> so also like uh, good business people, um, the oligarchs are like super well connected people. Um, so they are like really heavily networked. They've built their wealth on the connections, uh, you know, that they have. And it's everyone, you know, in like elected government. And it happened as they were transitioning to like a market-based economy like they kind of have right now. Isn't it closed though? Kind of. Well, it's closed. Yeah. So as you can imagine from the episode topic, lots of these oligarchs didn't like keep their money in Russia or even invest in the Russian economy. Um, again, like good, smart business people, they put billions of dollars into like private, private Swiss bank accounts. The Swiss. Yeah. It's always the fucking Swiss, you know? Um, so these oligarchs are like given this nickname. I've never heard this before, but they're called kleptocrats. Like stealing. Um, like, Klepto. like, a like, acquiring massive amounts of wealth um from oh fuck what's like the actual def it's like acquiring a ton of wealth from like the people below you because of the people that you know and like putting yourself in a higher position yeah yeah anyway so uh naturally everyone in the russian public just fucking hates these people um because obviously they have a ton of wealth they probably don't do much for the Russian economy because a ton of their wealth is offshore. Um, and so these post-Soviet business oligarchs can be anyone from like relatives or close associates of government officials to even being just actual government officials themselves um, and criminal bosses that are connected to the Russian government, which is great. So that's like a really short TLDR. <laughs> it's like a much longer history than this. And there's like really good details actually in the full history. Um, if you're interested in that, highly recommend checking it, checking it out. There's uh, like, um, I think the Wikipedia article that I read was really good, but they also had a ton of link outs for, for that. Um, or, so, yeah. Or you can type in Google, what the hell is a Russian oligarch like I did and get a pretty fun <laughs> short article with right. nice, really cool pictures. Great. Yeah. You could also do that. I would recommend. Google smarter, not harder. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's backtrack a little bit to the part where these Russian oligarchs are just keeping shitloads of money offshore. Which I don't even understand what that means. They keep their money not in their Russian bank accounts. There you go. <laughs> so if you're thinking like, what is the incentive for keeping your money out of your home country? Like, if you have a lot of pride in your country, wouldn't you want to like help revitalize the economy and invest in your community? Probably not. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> So right now, one of the biggest incentives for Russian oligarchs to keep their money offshore is Putin. Um, I feel like that kind of goes without saying, but there's a lot of time that he spends working with the oligarchs and it's been reported in recent years that he like scares the shit out of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Again, I feel like for obvious reasons and I think what's happening right now is like a great example of that. However, their strategy of keeping a ton of shit offshore isn't really working out for them because a lot of it's being seized anyways. I'm pretty sure that um, the oligarchs bought the Russian World Cup, actually. Um, I know that Putin came to some meetings and FIFA asked him, hey, how are you going to pay for this? And he uh, like smirked and just kind of like gestured over to um, the owner of Chelsea Football Club, Robin, Roman, Abramovich, Roman Abramovich, and says, my friend is very wealthy and he'll pay for it. Hold on. Are you telling me that FIFA is corrupt? Did you remember when that guy came to the meeting and threw money at Sepp Blatter, the uh, the old commissioner? Yes. Yes, it was I so remember. fun. It was so fun. Yeah. So yeah, they've got stupid money. They've got fudge you money. Yeah. I, I honestly can't imagine. Like, you could buy an entire home goods and still have a lot of money left over. I'm pretty sure the World Cup costs a little more than one home goods. Sore. I don't know. Like, are we talking like emotionally or financially? 
both. <laughs> that store has no soul. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the U.S. in this episode. Um, USA. This USA. <laughs> this USA. issue with Russian oligarchs and housing market and real estate uh, is really an international problem. It's all over the world. Um, but we're just gonna talk about the U.S. market for this this episode because there's just way too much. It's a lot of fingers and a lot of different pies. It's crazy. I did not expect the web that I found. So. U.S. market only um, for this episode, and then maybe Matt picks up international stuff next week. We'll see if you guys even like this episode. We'll see if we like this episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's the important part. Um, if my dad doesn't listen to it, we're not doing it. So just kidding. Uh, all right. So in 1999, there's this guy named Richard Palmer, and he is the CIA's Moscow Embassy Station Chief. And he's doing this congressional testimony, um, and he's talking about, like, the Russian kleptocrats and uh, KGB officials. And he's saying he like they pour billions of dollars into private accounts across Europe and the U.S. Um, when the Soviet Union was dying. And he said that like American officialdom had badly misjudged Russia. And he saw personally how the world's growing interconnectedness, especially around like global finance, could be deployed for ill reasons. Um, and he also said that the U.S. was like allowing itself to become an accomplice in this heist by allowing Russian money into the system with pretty much no questions asked, which is crazy to me. Um, and it's around this time. He also says, interesting part, here's where some worlds collide. Um, he warns Congress that Russian political donations to U.S. politicians and political parties uh, were going to have a huge influence uh in u.s politics fast forward fast forward a little bit here so what exactly killed the ussr was it like dysentery was it pneumonia chicken pox why don't you give us the short version of the answer i'm gonna give you the really short version it took a few years for it to happen actually uh it looks like Mikhail Gorbachev was trying to enact some reformation uh, in like the economic and political systems and it, it didn't really work and there was I think like a coup attempted and Moscow lost lots of influence and bada bing bada boom there goes the USSR I that's also, it that's it I also We're done. read something at one point that said like Chernobyl had something to do with it which, great miniseries yeah didn't I, come out in 1991 though yeah all right so ussr is dissolved in the 90s and around 2001 there's the patriot act that's passed within the u.s and the patriot act requires a disclosure of like major banking transactions um and so because that happened, a lot of oligarchs started putting their money into real estate property and luxury goods hidden through shell companies. Uh, and a fun fact I found was that uh, like 2015, a report came out uh, that estimated 52% of Russia's wealth was held outside of the country. That's just floating around in international in space, waters. In space, <laughs> in the water. It's in the water. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, I know Matt and I were having conversations earlier, and he's like, what the hell is a shell company? I thought you legit meant, like, the shell gas company. Sally Sally sells she seashells by the seashore. She, seashore. <laughs> so um, I'm just copying this pretty much from Wikipedia to make it as easy as possible to explain, but a shell company or a corporation is, like, a company that exists pretty much only on paper there's like no office there's no employees they might have like a bank account or they like hold passive investments um or you know they might be like the registered owner of assets like intellectual property or ships um but they hide the identities of owners and can be set up anonymously so i could go set up a shell corporation that's like you know Boozed and confused investments. LLC. LLC. Of course. And then I'm going to use that to go buy a fuckload of apartments or something. But no one's going to know who owns Boozed and Confused Investments. It's you. I'm not going to have you a tie to it. You just said it. You just said that well, you it's owned me. it. Um, but they're usually set up in like tax havens too. So that kind of gives them an extra layer of protection. 
Um, what's really hard about this episode is that the reporting on the real hard actual numbers is all over the place. Um, it's hard to track for reasons that we just discussed. Um, so there's this 2012 article by Insider that I highly recommend. Um, they reported out that there were experts who estimate that Russians and other citizens of the former Soviet Union signed contracts to buy more than a billion dollars worth of residential real estate in the four years prior to the reporting in 2012, which is crazy. A billion dollars into U.S. real estate. Residential real estate. It's free real estate. What I found interesting is that the U.S. does actually keep track of Russian oligarchs. There's a list of like 96 that's made public. Um, I started going through the names and I can't pronounce any of them. Um, There's also like a longer classified version that includes deep dives into like their finances and their entities, um, also includes their sources of income and exposure to the U.S. economy. Unfortunately, when I reached out to the U.S. uh, government for access to that for information for this pod, they told me to go fuck myself. So I don't have any of that information to share with you. Can't be the first time you've been told that. Yeah, (laughs) I've never heard that before in my life. Um, All right. So Let's get into some specific U.S. states. There's a few states in the country in particular that have really seen the sort of boom from Russian oligarchs. Uh, In 2006 and 2007, there was like a real estate boom. And we all kind of know where that led. (laughs) Whoopsies. Uh, Manhattan was actually a landing pad for a lot of Russians in New York. Hey, So they bought up floors at the Plaza Hotel and they logged record sales at the Time Warner Center and 15 Central Park West. Um, Some of the like people who live in these buildings, aside from the Russian oligarchs, are absolutely insane. There's like drug lords from other countries. Like it's crazy. Uh, Yeah. Isn't the Plaza Hotel in Home Alone 2? I've never seen it, so I've never seen Home Alone two. Be able to tell you. Don't embarrass me on the podcast like this. It's a Christmas movie. You like Christmas movies. I like the Lifetime Christmas movies where everybody's dad is Santa, and the longtime woman business executive leaves her position to go date the guy who works at the the equivalent of Menards uh, for you know. Yeah. And the girl's always that one girl from Mean Girls who's also the voice of Meg from Family Guy before she got replaced by the girl from that 70s show. Boom. Wait, Meg had a different voice? Yeah, they've had two voice actresses. Oh, I'll have to look that up. I did not know that, actually. One is what Mila Kunis. Yeah. Who's Ukrainian? Yeah. yeah. And then the other one, the first one was the, the girl from Mean Girls, the one uh, whose dad was... The oh, toaster Gretchen strudel Wiener? guy. The, no, the toaster strudel guy. Yeah, Gretchen Wiener. That's not Gretchen Wiener. Gretchen Wiener was Rachel McAdams. No. Yes. We're gonna pause. No. We're gonna pause really quick and have. All right, we're back. I'm wrong. Carrot, yeah, I actually on. disrespected your bad opinion so much that I completely cut off the recording and did not allow you to finish your <laughs> sentence. Two for you, none for Gretchen. That's right. It was yeah, none yeah, for Gretchen Jesus. Wieners. Come on. My right. dad, the inventor of toaster strudels, <laughs> will not be happy to hear this. Um, okay, so these Russian oligarchs are buying up floors at all of these like very swanky high-end uh, locations, uh, which eventually attracts the attention of law enforcement, as it should. And in New York, um, you know, okay, pause here for a second from the notes. There's a lot of Russian names coming up. I can't fucking pronounce them. All right. I'm sorry. I tried really hard. I'll do my best to help you. I, um, I like tried to go through and figure it out. I just can't. So I apologize in advance. Not that they're ever going to listen to this. Um, okay. So the first Russian oligarch that we're talking about is a guy named Oleg Dairy Pasca, which I feel like is the easiest name in here. Um, so he's actually very closely related. Uh, well, I wouldn't say related like cousins, but uh, like in the inner circle or an ally of Vladimir Putin. Um, obviously, his name has come up a lot in investigations between Russia and former U.S. President Donald Trump. Um, 
he was linked to a home that was purchased for like record amounts of money in the Greenwood Village neighborhood of Manhattan, um, even though he hadn't come to the U.S. in years. Isn't that a little weird that he's buying like a huge mansion and he's not come to the U.S. in, I don't know, five, six, ten years? It's a vacation home. Yeah, right. For who? For who? I promise you these oligarchs are not renting this shit out on Airbnb. Although that is another episode it's, we could Passive go. income. Yeah. Uh, so he was also connected to a home in Washington, D.C. through like a Delaware Incorporated company. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit later. Yeah. So uh, the FBI actually raided both of those properties uh, in, I believe, October 2021. Um, so New York craze kind of dies down. Uh, everyone starts going to Florida. They're going to Florida for the winter. I kind of get it though. Florida man is Russian. Yeah. (laughs) This whole time. The Russian winters I'm sure are brutal. So the Florida always sunshine and sometimes meth uh, is probably a nice change. So there's this 2017 Reuters review that found at least 63 people with Russian passports or addresses had bought at least $98.4 million of property in seven Trump-branded luxury towers in southern Florida. Uh, It found that at least 703 owners of the 2,044 units in the seven Trump buildings, or about a third of that, uh, were LLC companies that were masking like who actually owned it. The other thing I'm going to say about this episode is this episode was not meant to be political. However, it's literally impossible to not have uh, politicians brought up into this topic because of how closely everybody is like networked like we were talking about in the beginning. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I apologize for that. Uh, there's just no getting around it. So another name that's kind of popped up a lot in headlines, especially for Florida real estate, is Dimitri Rebolovlev. Great. Rebolovlev. You sound like you've been practicing that on Duolingo. Dmitry Rebolovlev. Yep. There you go. Um, okay. So if that doesn't sound familiar, either we're just butchering the fuck out of it. <laughs> oh, you wrote that in the notes. Ha! Huh? <laughs> or um, it's just been a lot of other news and obviously hard to keep up. So Dmitry, um, you know, I say like this happened in the news and this was 2018, maybe to no. 2008, Jesus. Yeah, it's been a while. It popped back up in 2018. Um, so Dimitri ends up paying like $95 million for Donald Trump's like six acre estate in Palm Beach back in 2008. And the asking price for this property was $100 million down from the original $125 million with like no takers. And it was this record-breaking sale that was like unprecedented, happened literally months before the market crashed. Um, what's interesting is like Trump didn't want it to be known publicly that it was a Russian buyer. He like told, fuck, it was like a reporter or a lawyer or somebody like, don't, don't tell anyone it's Russian or something like that. So part, a few reasons why it's suspicious. Um, The property was only worth like $40 million to begin with, and he paid 95. Um, The other reason, Dimitri never planned to live in this place, not even part-time. He'd never even performed like an actual review of the property before buying it, not an inspection, not even an appraisal. He just took Trump's word. This is a really, really great property. The best. I actually want that to be what um, Selling the Hamptons is like, that show on Discovery Channel or Discovery fucking Network, whatever it's called. Yeah. I don't watch it. I don't know. Um, Just just trust me. So when Dimitri was asked like what he was going to do with this property, he talked a lot about how it could be a vacation home. He could do like some equestrian stuff, I think for like his daughter, he said. Um, But he never said like, oh, I'm going to tear it down and like separate out the lots, you know. So the house has since been demolished. It was divided into three lots and like sold separately. Um, Not again, not what it was originally purchased for, but maybe like that gave the least amount of questions is probably my guess. Yeah, we're we're going to build. We're going to build onto it. We're just going to tear it all down. It's an investment in Florida. Yeah, this sounds so fucking sketchy. Um, all right, so more Florida. Crazy, and this part actually blew my mind when I was reading. 
there's a place in Florida called Sunny Isle Beach. Sunny Isles Beach. Yeah, Sunny Isles. Never been because I'm obviously too poor to be there. Um, but it's been dubbed Little Moscow <laughs> because of the amount of Russians and how much Russian money has been flowing through it. There are 1,079 Russian-born residents living there, which is more than any other uh, other country in Europe or Asia in like that small of a confined space, uh, which is very surprising to me. So the city used to be full of these like I don't know, I think like Bates Motel, a little less murdery, but like that kind of old school, small motel um, on the beach. That's what all the properties used to be on the beaches and it was full of tourists. Um, And then everything got redeveloped and it turned the area largely into luxury hotels. And coincidentally, that redevelopment started in the 90s. So among these developments are several Trump Towers. (laughs) which um, was hugely invested in by Russian investors with their like post-USSR money, obviously. Uh, This part I do want to clarify. Trump doesn't own these buildings. The name is licensed here. So the Trump name in international real estate carries a very big like level of respect. So it's like looked at as like a luxury sort of property. And so even if Trump himself doesn't actually own the property, the name is licensed to like give more credit i guess to it does it still carry that kind of credit that was an old article so i don't know (laughs) i guess maybe it depends on who you ask um so there's a report from the miami herald in 2016 that found at least 13 personal or company buyers in the trump towers were investigated by the government including a russian american organized crime group um there's also like a mexican banker accused of robbing investors And about 60% of those units are owned by shell companies, uh, you know, obviously could also be involved in money laundering. When the Herald was talking to experts, um, they said that this like illicit financing has helped Russians spend years snapping up properties along Florida's southeastern coast. And they have an estimate that Russia's elite um, had more than a, a trillion dollars in offshore accounts that was like disproportionately held in South Florida property. Um, one thing I do want to say about this like little Moscow part is not everyone who lives there is like a Russian oligarch, um, but Russian oligarchs do have a huge presence there and helped fuel the re- redevelopment into like what it is now. Um, okay, so another really weird thing about this area, there's a huge baby boom um, of Russian women. <laughs> who I guess apparently um, giving birth to a baby in Miami is like a status symbol in Moscow. Wow. I would have never fucking guessed this because it's so bizarre. It's it's kind of like how a lot of Americans view people from like Liverpool or like, oh, you're, you're British. And then people in Europe are like, ugh, you're from Liverpool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like it's... the New Jersey of... Yeah. Ugh, yeah. England. Oh God, sorry to our New Jersey. Especially people. if you support Liverpool. Yeah. That's the worst uh trait that a person could have is being a Liverpool fan. Um, all right, so they're called like Russian birth tourists. And um apparently like giving birth there means getting an American passport, you get better medical care, which I definitely believe. Um, and it's legal as long as like documents are filled out honestly and correctly. Um, but it allows kids the right to American citizenship and they get to sponsor their parents for a green card once they turn 21. Okay. So this is like such a thing that wealthier Russians like hire agencies that offer birth tourism packages. Uh, and those packages cost anywhere from like 50 to a hundred grand, which is crazy to me. Um, and so some of these companies even offer like Trump apartments as part of the package, which is very strange to me. Uh, so for example, for 80, we'll say like $85,000, the exact is 84,700. Um, expectant Russian mothers can get an apartment in a Trump tower with a gold tiled bathtub and a chauffeured Mercedes Benz. Okay. That's a little fucking bizarre to me. Is, is that just until they have the child? I don't really know. I think so. Lives in the opulence. 
it's just so weird to me. I can't imagine being like, yep, I'm going to go to a foreign country and give birth to the most important thing in my life and hope for the best. My future in 21 years. That's the most important thing. So you're saying that they spend like 85 grand to then go to America and then spend what 25 grand to have the kid? What does it cost to have a child? It's ridiculous. It's a lot of money. A lot of money, which is like nothing to them. That's fine. Oh, right. Because they all got that stupid money. Yeah. Yeah. But to us idiots who pay for insurance. (laughs) Uh, Okay. All right. We're going to move on from Little Moscow. We're going to move on from Florida. Uh, We're going to talk about DC. We're going to circle back to uh, that guy I was talking about earlier. So uh, 2006, there's this mansion um and the mansion is like the haft mansion it sells for 15 million dollars which is one of the most expensive homes in dc's history and it's sold by um like herbert half's widow for cash 15 million which is insane um but she sells it to a company that's incorporated in Delaware and the buyer was never identified originally. She was just like very appreciative that it was like discreet. It was fast. Um, she nice just wanted case. to be done with it. Yeah. Like a nice briefcase. Yeah. How do you, is like 15 million cash. Like what do you do with that? Put it how in a you, briefcase. How do you deposit that? I don't know. So there's, uh, you know, new documents and interviews that, that come out that show the mansion is actually connected to this Russian billionaire that we were talking about that's like the ally of Putin. Um, and he's a longtime business associate of drumroll Paul Manafort. What? Who should also be another familiar indicted name. That's a household name. So getting back to Oleg, uh, he's the owner. He secretly held ties to the address in an area that's completely surrounded by political figures and foreign embassies. Four years. Like, not four, like, the number four, but just, like, four years. Four. He held this house, yeah. For years. Secretly. Um, so his net worth was recently estimated at just over $5 billion. Uh, maybe not anymore. I but... would I would say maybe he's got, like, at least $5. Yeah. <laughs> so, now. Um, so he's actually one of, like, the two to three oligarchs that Putin, Putin turns to on a regular basis so putin has like some oligarchs that he uses i think as like an extension of himself and his agenda and what he wants to do and then i honestly feel like there's like a real housewives of russian oligarchs where putin is trying to be like (laughs) the middleman of keeping the peace because i'm sure there's like a lot of infighting in that group i can imagine there is we just spent the evening watching what's that love is blind yes it's got like nick lachey from uh 98 degrees and his second wife and they're like in the middle of all the arguing people what if what if and that's putin what if putin was doing if putin held a hosted a tell-all for like a trashy reality TV show. It might be a better career for him, honestly. How far away would his chair be from everybody else? So far. Not even in the same building. He'd be on like camera. Yeah. Um. All right. So for this Oleg guy, there's so much crazy shit about him. It's way too much for this episode that's already running long. Um, but his ties in U.S. politics are really, really interesting and actually very disturbing. So I would recommend that you look into it if you're interested in that. Um, his name is Oleg, O-L-E-G, Derpiaska, D-E-R-P-I-A-S-K-A. Close close to that? Yeah. Derpiaska. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so kind of getting back to like the area of where he held this house to like give context, Kellyanne Conway... A former advisor to Bill Clinton, former VP Mike Pence, Barack Obama, and Ivanka Trump all own properties near this property. Like, that's how incestual the area is. That's the kind of people you're dealing with, like, in this little area. Very strange to me. I don't know. All right. Well, we're uh, we're going to move on from the big city life. And we're going to we're going to move on down to uh, the good old Midwest. Yo, that's where we're from. Yeah. So 
it's not just like these super swanky big cities that are seeing these investments. Um, you're seeing the same sort of thing happen more on the commercial side, I would say. Um, and here's an example of it. I want to preface this next part with this is actually a Ukrainian oligarch, not a Russian oligarch. Um, this guy like was born during the time of the Soviet Union, obviously, and what is now Ukrainian territory. And I believe he's more closely connected to the Ukrainian government than anything else. So for the sake, he's a Ukrainian oligarch. However, I wanted to include it because I think it's an example of what's been caught of what's happening in the system of like oligarchs in general. Mm -hmm. So he's definitely not the only one doing it. He's just the first one to get massively caught. <laughs> All right. So this guy's name is Eeyore, Eeyore Kolomoisky. That's pretty good. Yeah. Thank well you. Well done. So he's considered the biggest landlord in downtown Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> of all places. Of all places. Of all, good yeah. for him. So he's a really interesting dude. He's been in trouble for like this huge Ponzi scheme that he got in trouble for, uh, or I guess like caught with. Um, and I also think he could use his own episode to show the insanity of everything, but we're just like going to give an overview here. So, um, you know, again, clarifying, not a Russian oligarch, Ukrainian oligarch, same sort, sort of shit though. It's like one rich man to another. So, uh, it's just like one of the best documented examples since so much of it is hush hush. So something that Ehor, Ihor. I I I would lean Ehor or Eeyore. Eeyore sounds very Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. So, um, what he's done in the past is he will go to like factories and steel plants and like small towns of the Midwest. So he hit up like Illinois, Kentucky, West Virginia, which is not the Midwest. Um, he will plant money, and then he just allows the plants to rot which like completely devastates communities. So you're probably thinking like, how do we go from New York <laughs> to Florida to DC to like bum fuck Illinois? Like why would they put their money in towns that you've never even heard of? And that right there is your answer. That's my question and my answer. That is your answer. My answer is why the hell would they put their money in towns I've never heard of? Yes. That's my answer. Towns you've never heard of. That's a question. Yes. When you're investing your money in small towns, you're not under the same kind of scrutiny from investigators or journalists or authority, authorities. Authorities. <laughs> authorities. I swear. I had one sip of beer. I'm just tired. It's a long weekend. Um, and also my mouth is dry and I've not had enough water. So I'm currently giving her my water bottle. No, it's okay. I'm not giving her my water <laughs> bottle. Okay. So authorities, as you would be, if you're buying up places through your shell company in larger U S cities like New York, New York is actually one of the large cities in the U S that does not allow anonymous real estate purchases anymore. I think it's catching on quite a bit more. And I know that there are some countries as of right now that are like outright banning it. I want to say the UK is making it illegal to purchase real estate that way, uh, which would be huge for London. I just want all the corruption just ripped out of every orifice of civilization. I know that's not going to happen, but damn it, that'd be so awesome. Well, I mean, yes, but I I can't imagine what life would be like without some good corruption. You know? Okay, great. All right, so with small towns comes the devastation that um, 2008 left. A lot of the towns already had problems before 2008 already. Um, you know, they were like dwindling economies, a lot of people moving out, especially younger kids moving away. Um, and the Great Recession really only sped that decline up faster. So you've got like huge buildings, large pieces of real estate for sale, like post Great Recession in a less desirable town. But who the hell is going to buy it? Other than oligarchs looking for somewhere to put their money. No one wants a decaying, dying building in a dying town um, unless they're looking to do something sketchy with their money. When, when you say that they just put their money in a factory, they're not putting like a briefcase. No, they're putting their money as in like the 
purchase of the building. And then they just don't touch it. Yeah. That, so they're still spending money. Yes. So they don't get the money back. Not unless they sell it. This is why I don't, I don't do money stuff. Well, yeah. Carry on. Yeah. Carry on. Um, okay. So that sort of like thinking and action is exactly why Ehor, I'm going to say his name 18 different ways before we end this, uh, became like the biggest commercial real estate holder in Cleveland. So there's basically no oversight for what he's doing. So him and his buddies could like do whatever they wanted with their assets. And they did just that. A lot of cases, they did absolutely nothing. They ran places into the ground. So they had no interest in turning a profit. They had no interest in like making it a a real business. They just used his investments as like nodes in his laundering network and allowed them to fall apart because it was easier that way. So another example of this is uh, a plant in Harvard, Illinois. It should have been like a huge hub of jobs for people in the town. And it was pretty much just left to rot. The city picked up the tab for like real estate taxes and like maintenance and shit. Um, Motorola actually originally owned the plant, had like 5,000 employees. They closed it in 2003 and it was purchased, but like property taxes went unpaid. The utilities ended up being shut off. Like weeds were taller than I am and people ended up using it as a dumping ground for like mattresses and tires because those are the things that people have the hardest time getting rid of. Um, I think the thing that's like most shocking about how little oversight there is, like there's not a ton of like red flags or red alerts going off to like someone who's watching this happen. And in finance, there's um, this, I don't know, I don't know if I'd say like saying, but like thinking that like banks are the first line of defense, like they should be the ones who catch on to some of the shit and then kind of like bring it up to the powers that be in government. Um, so in his case, the Justice Department was investigating him and others for this scheme to like steal millions of dollars from Ukraine's largest bank because that's uh, what he was like affiliated with. And he wanted to move the money into U.S. plants to buy like steel mills and skyscrapers. And um, what's like really shocking is that the courts um, unsealed some records and released them and showed that banks moved far more money than was previously reported by the government uh, by like billions of dollars. There's obviously huge gaps. Um, And for companies under the control of the power broker and patterns, it was like unchecked for almost a decade. You know, sometimes you forget. Sometimes you forget. Sometimes you forget to look. Oops. Oh, Oops. I, oh, I didn't carry the zero. That's like me, like not checking my email until like one o'clock sometimes on a work day. And I'm like, oh, shit. Except you magnify that by 10 years and you're like, oh, I should have checked that out. So, yeah, between like 2006 and 2015, more than four point four uh, billion dollars was transferred without any apparent effort by the banks or the government to stem the movement of dollars as the student as partners acquired like a huge real estate portfolio, which is insane. So like my whole thing about this is if, if this is just who is caught and it's because it was like increasingly obvious at certain points, what, what are we not seeing? What is still going unchecked? And what is still being protected by shell companies? I, I really hope that we figure that out. There's a lot more to this. This is like really just scratching the surface. And there are actually other cities in the U.S. we didn't talk about, like L.A., who have this sort of problem. Um, it's, like I mentioned before, a huge problem internationally, especially in like Canada. Um, I remember when I was in Toronto, like 10 years. No, it was not 10 years ago. I was in Toronto maybe six years ago, seven years ago, um, and they were trying to build more properties, like, you know, for people to live in, um, but the housing market was just so fucking expensive. It was insane for people to live there, um, and I think that, like, the Toronto housing Russian oligarch situation is different than what we've talked about already, um, so there's, like, different ways that they have influence but you can see the influence it's insane i know one of the crappier things that happens with properties is people will like 
buy the lands and get the people who already live there out and like gentrify the area and, and make loads of money that way. Um, has that been an effect for any of their purchases or are they just literally just hiding the money and to hell with everybody else? There's a few different things happening. I don't know if they have anything to do with like buying up uh, properties to like gentrify neighborhoods. Um, I would what I don't I don't mean to to actually gentrify the neighborhood, but I mean like the market sucks. Yeah, I'm gonna blame them. Well, I wouldn't say that it's all. Like I said, there's there's different ways that they are using their money. So in some cases, it's like they're buying really nice properties, uh, and like no one fucking visits it for five years. Or they're buying like shithole properties and they have no intention of doing anything with it. Um, they are also, I mean, I would say that there are oligarchs who buy nice properties to actually use. Uh, we didn't really talk about that too much aside from like the people who come here to have babies for very expensive. <laughs> I mean, expensive by our uh, our taste, but. I don't care. I'm going to blame them still. <laughs> Donate your money help people yeah yeah well um that's that's really all that i have uh to talk about this week and i don't know um i yeah i know we we didn't really want to talk a lot about what's going on right now because i think a lot of people i'm certainly not qualified to talk about a war happening in europe um i have no fucking background or education that covers that i think you have more qualifications than Tucker Carlson does. <laughs> I think I appreciate you saying that, but I, think I also feel more. like it's not saying much. Yeah, I feel like the executive producer also probably has more qualifications than than that. She's probably sitting in a poopy diaper right now. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I I still opinion. I still think the green M M&M and M is plenty sexy. Yeah, thank you. It's not going to affect the sales for me. Yeah. Um. However, if you've made it this far in today's episode, um, I meant to put this in earlier in the episode, but I forgot. Um, I will include some names of organizations that you can donate to if you want to help Ukraine. Um, one that I know that we just recently donated to was uh, Together Rising. They're also doing a lot of really good work for Texas, so highly recommend them. Um, but there are a lot of organizations doing good on the ground in Ukraine, so I'll put those in the show notes along with all of today's sources if you would like to read more um any final parting words uh no great (laughs) i don't (laughs) i don't understand money i don't understand anything yeah okay great well uh that is it for today's episode thanks so much for joining us and we will see you next week all right okay bye goodbye